0: Uh Mike Staten Mike. Island. Mike. Mike. I'm
1: walking here.
0: Hey, can I tattoo a bam on your uh, titties? Yeah. I promise it'll look good. Wa-bam, ba-bam. Oh, it hurts!
1: It hurts you, the tattoo artist? <laughs> we fought up. Mike hey, that you just had to do boys under Brett's chest. Oh, I did. Yeah, that's uh, not. That's, I think that's you guys should. I, should, I, should
2: I, I have a business idea for you guys. It's half podcast studio, half restaurant. <laughs> right. I'm no, listening. that just ain't right. <laughs> so which we, half is which. So it, and you call it we bought a restaurant.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But you're just like recording a podcast in the middle.
0: Of the yeah, there's no actual food served. There's no food license. But you have
2: bus boys. Yeah
0: hey everybody welcome to the show we bought a mic a pop culture podcast i'm Ernest. i am hunter drew and brett is here hey brett (laughs) what oh welcome hey guys we're back in the new studio how's it going
2: good this is a fantastic studio are you so happy that the coronavirus no longer exists in florida yeah um don't wear a mask Mm-hmm. don't wash your hands
0: how weird would this movie be if everybody was wearing masks all the time i'd be like damn that's real life bro that's some real shit
1: is that how movies are going to be like moving on be like is that pete davidson or is that skeletor because he looks like shit <laughs> <laughs> that's the there- one thing i
0: kept thinking in this movie it's like there's going to be a whole like relic of movies where like nobody nobody knows what's coming and then it's all going to be incorporated into the story like isn't this silly we have to wear masks that's probably what people thought about uh movies after 9-11 which is how pete davidson's father passed away which is not mentioned at all in this movie no they I think intentionally the whole changed that. about that i'm glad they didn't do that no because, the, whole, the whole 9-11 yeah. why anything? on yeah why would you make it like a patriotism yeah. movie? Yeah, cuz so, then it would be about 9/11. I yeah. was wondering. You can't just have it be a thing in the background.
1: I guess that does make sense that they didn't do it because uh I we are talking about King of Staten Island, the new uh, Judd Apatow joint on this podcast, and it's semi autobiographical about Pete Davidson's life, but they do notably change how his father died, uh from dining in dying during 9/11 to dying during some uh, restaurant or house burning down random or normal something like that. Fire. Yeah, just a random Boring. fire and it was, I was wondering <laughs> why because yeah. I thought that it was going to be more of a heroism kind of a thing about like yeah he went there like during our country's time of need yeah that would suck if it were that why would you want it to be like kind of becomes a pro that.
0: America like type deal? Like this is a this movie did not need more going on. It's a Judd Apatow movie. Yeah, I don't think it's,
2: I, I don't think he wants to take a stance on politics. And I also right yeah. Now. And I also don't think
0: that Pete wanted to fully cash in that much on exactly what happened to his own father. You know, like, I don't think he wanted to be like, no, look at my father. He was a fucking he already does that enough in real life. <laughs> oh, oh. sorry. Fe- I, I didn't mean it to sum that shit. <laughs> oh but okay so first of all we just saw this movie like literally right before recording
2: my jaw is still on the floor
0: (laughs) and uh second of all it's the one of the many movies that has seen a direct to video on demand release after theater shut down a couple months ago uh and this is actually my first time seeing one of these uh you know coronavirus fallout release movies i know you saw trolls
1: i saw trolls world tour and never rarely sometimes always okay both that went never rarely had a little bit of a limited theatrical release but then they just kind of pivoted so that more people could see it to straight to vod yeah Uh, trolls of course will win best picture this year so i had to rent that day one gotta stand yeah
0: um, so now this one is the first one that, that I've seen, and we paid $20 rental for
2: it. I didn't pay anything.
0: Well, shout out to um, Brian, our our great donor to this show, whose donations made this uh, rental possible. So we were able to all watch this together, um, which I think made the movie better because the movie, I'll just say now, it has some big fucking uh, holes in it, some problems, and those problems don't really become as prevalent when you're watching it uh with a little bit of an audience. I think the movie would have done a lot worse if I was watching it by myself. Um but when you kind of create a little bit of that communal experience that we haven't had or I guess some of us have already had because you've been back to the movies, Hunter Yes, what? I have fucking been. psycho. Sh- Shout out yeah. to the
1: Enzian Theater, which is open and being socially distant. Enzian's pro Trump, right? Oh, hell no. (laughs) Most art house theaters are. Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) So, this movie, directed by Judd Apatow, is it co written by Pete? Yeah, it's co-written by Pete and then Dave uh, Cyrus, who I believe is a Pete Davidson uh, crony because he wrote for SNL. I think like the first or second year that Pete was there, and that's one of the only credits that he has. Um, but he's like a New York-based like stand-up uh, sketch guy, and he also like has been in video. He he like interviewed members of the Westboro Baptist Church in like comedy,
2: you know, type videos. I like those. But I I be- oh, you've seen these? Not not in particular, but those like all gas no breaks on YouTube yeah big fan yeah yeah, I like that guy um but yeah no
0: so this is a a Pete Davidson homie that he kind of you know hooked up with this
2: when I first heard
0: about this project I thought this is a good fit you know Pete with Judd like their sensibilities sort of line up in some kind of odd way um yeah because I mean I don't know if Judd Apatow has done some of the stuff that's in this movie before I think he's stepping into a little bit of newish Territory, younger territory, but he has done like sort of semi autobiographical stuff because I think this is 40 and funny people both have some of that. A tiny bit, maybe Trainwreck. Well, no, yeah, it, it comes down to whose uh, biography is it. Because, right. yeah, like, the, like that's what he's done, especially as of recent, is just take people's like crashing he made with Pete Holmes. Exactly. Uh, yes. Yeah, Trainwreck is extremely autobiographical. This is Forty. The problem with that is that it's Judd's autobiography, <laughs> and he's boring. He's a rich man, and that movie's about rich people who have to move into like a slightly smaller house. Um, so this is more interesting than that and all around better than that. So his, his producing credits are actually more impressive than his director credits because his director credits are only, uh, this is 40 knocked up this train wreck, um, funny people and the 40 year old virgin.
1: Well, and also, I mean, huge for TV. I mean, you guys already mentioned crashing, but girls, he was a big part in that show, especially getting that off the ground, um, Freaks freaks and geeks, uh,
0: bunch of I'm uh, declared, uh McAvey, of McAve- course, McA-
1: early on uh what's his name mckay yeah i was about to say mcavoy <laughs> yeah big mcavoy so- guy um <laughs> no i mean that's that's the thing about judd is that I actually don't really love him as a director and as a writer. Uh, I like uh, some of his jobs that he does where he comes into other people's projects and he kind of punches things up a little bit. And he has a big name in comedy. So just him throwing a producing credit on it gets more eyes on the project, which is important. But, I mean, looking at the films that he's directed, I'm not really a big fan of almost anything that he does. I think that there's good things in a lot of things that he does, but uh, we'll get into it in this movie. Cause I think that this has a lot of the Judd Apatowisms that kind of turn me off from some of his projects. What, what else does he have his name on producer wise and stuff like uh, well, so
2: bad pineapple. Like a, yeah. I mean, he Seth is, Brothers. he's
1: kind of one of the big names responsible for the Seth Rogen like yeah everything rogan bridesmaids he was on anchorman he was a um, anchorman anchorman step brothers he was a producer Pop star yeah pop star he
0: also worked on that um what's it called that show um i'm totally blanking on the name of it um the one with James Franco and Linda, Linda Cardellini. Yeah. It and it also funny. genuinely like it does go well beyond like putting his name on things, what he is doing, because that does happen a lot when someone gets a big name is they do slap their name on a project in order to push, get it pushed through in a studio. Judd like develops these projects like he is heavily involved with everything that he has producer credit for. um, And it does show. And a lot of the time uh, it shows a little bit better when the director Uh, is, you know, serves as sort of a foil to Judd's worst tendencies. Uh, That happened in The Big Sick, for example. Yes. Michael Showalter did a great job of sort of truncating a lot of the uh, scenes that Judd would have made extremely fucking long and drawn out. Uh, And the result was a, you know, one of the strongest Judd affiliated movies. So this movie, one of the things that holds it back the most, it's it's fucking long. It does not need to be Two hours and 20 minutes, which is
1: weirdly kind of on the shorter side from a lot of Judd's projects, but it still feels 30 minutes long, which is I mean, that's that's the problem with so many of his everything that he directs and that he is the head honcho for like funny people is the best example in my mind, because I think that the first hour and a half or so or so of that movie is absolutely incredible And then it keeps going for like another hour and hour and a half. And you're like, I've never seen it. I think that uh, watch the first hour and a half and you'll be like, this is excellent. I love this. That's kind of how I felt about this. Like for this movie,
0: the first half, I'm like really vibing with it. Really good stuff. Good performances. Good you know hang sort of movie and then it just goes on for way too long to,
2: to me it's like a lot of the the time i agree it was too long and it was a little boring at times and i think that the main character's story and their arc was was nicely fleshed out you kind of feel it arcing at certain times and the decisions he's making and experiencing then the other characters are just kind of taking these weird left turns with the decisions that they're making So with all that time, you'd think that they'd be able to flesh out those arcs, too. It's yeah, a lot of it is because of his directing style, which is very
0: uh, let the camera, you know, just be on and see what everyone comes up with. He's very into like letting people
2: with Pete in in the middle of the frame. But then in the in the editing,
0: you have to let shit go. There's a lot of sequences in this movie that don't really amount to the bigger picture. Well, and you could have just let some things go.
1: I think that's the problem with Judd is that in most of his movies is that when you're just hanging out with the the characters, that's when it is the best. And then the plot, he kind of like forces to happen and you're like – yeah, but I don't really like. There's this disconnect that happens because I'd rather when there isn't plot and conflict. It's almost like that's just an afterthought in his mind. Is like, okay, we'll get through these scenes. It'll be funny people improvising, saying funny things, and then uh, I guess this event has to happen to carry on the story, which it. It just it always bogs his movies down to me that he feels the need to have to fall back to this conventional wisdom. That's one of my biggest problems with Trainwreck is because I think the Trainwreck, the first like thirty. 45 minutes or so that movie is really good and then judd realizes oh wait i have to make a rom-com now and i have to make all these pieces to come together and then we have to have like the rising action and the conflict and then kind of the resolution and he just kind of has these preconceived notions of how to make movies that often take away from some of the things that he's best at. I don't know if this movie needed a lot of the plot that it has. Exactly. That's the thing is that it yeah. really doesn't need
0: that. Because when when you're hanging out with Pete and his like, uh, you know, soon to be criminal friends, uh, I guess we can we, we don't have to get super spoilery here, but that is some of the best stuff in the movie when they're just hanging out, shooting the shit, smoking weed, playing video games, I would have loved for more of that movie to be just that. Um, And then when the plot starts to, starts to kick in with Bill Burr, who is great in this, he is fantastic. But that whole plot of like, let's get to know his dead dad a little bit more. It's like, ah, oh, I don't know if we really needed that. You know, we could have had a good movie. But
2: it's, it's more of like, you know, Pete and, and Judd are, or- They're like, we have to make sure that we include how I had these bad boy friends that influence my life at first. And then I got away from it. Yeah, I think the reason that this is in this movie and in all Judd movies is because
0: of the intent of what they're trying to do with these. Like these aren't indie movies. So there you really like if you want a mass audience to watch this, it can't be all the guys hanging out and doing drugs in a room. Those movies don't do well.
2: That was the other movie we're talking about. the, The last Pete Davidson movie. Was like, yeah, because that was an indie streaming movie. But like Judd Apatow makes
0: movies that are, you know, are purportedly supposed to make hundreds of millions of dollars in theaters, and people show up and put their ass in a seat to watch a story happen. And that may be the thing that he does, he cares less about, or at the very least, he's not as good at executing that. But it has to happen in these movies because these are not indie films. I mean, and these are studio comedies, and studio comedies are bad in general, they've been bad for 20. Twenty years and they've been mostly bad for the entire history of the studio comedy so i'm willing to kind of take judd with his warts and all because who is making better studio comedies right now and in the past decade
2: yeah for a very long time
0: yeah it's not happening like there's just there's not anyone else doing it better there is a better way to do it but those aren't getting made because judd has so much muscle in hollywood i mean that cast he yeah. gets shit done so and this, he has flaws you know this movie has a fantastic cast it is so good every other scene i was just like oh my god it's this person oh my god it's this person like that's part of the entertainment value is just seeing like the pull that he has for even small little roles the biggest surprise moise's arias of hannah montana
2: <laughs> igor hey man and he's I a really good actor yeah he's funny he's been doing it for a really fucking Dude, long mm-hmm. time he has comic timing because yeah
0: he, and it's also not just stand-up timing he has like sitcom timing which is what that character needs uh also lou wilson uh, big shout out This was a massive break For that guy Whoa <laughs> There she blows uh, what, he's... what break? <laughs> he's, an, he's an LA based uh, stand up Who has no Like no No uh, credits to his name before this and this was really huge for him so that's very cool to well
1: yeah him. i mean that's the thing is that there's a lot there is always in pretty much every judd apatow project a good mix of very underground people and then kind of the legendary guys like kevin corrigan is in this movie uh from pineapple express fame and even stuff like the departed things like that but legendary uh um comedic actor and then kind of the um the Lou Wilsons of the world that are just kind of on the come up, which yeah, is something that's, that's that what Judd is great does. At yeah. Out
0: Judd puts people on Judd created careers for everyone that was on freaks and geeks. He stayed in contact with them and gave them roles for years and years. Uh, Bill Burr already said he, I think he's great.
1: Bill Burr's I, the man. He's, he's the best part. He's an American movie. treasure. I, I, I mean, I'll say it now that I think that Bill Burr does, the plot can get kind of very heavy handed at certain points in this movie. And I think that Bill Burr is the thing that keeps it afloat in a lot of points Yeah, because he, he is great at being both a subtle actor and also having those over the top moments. There's a scene in which him and Pete Davidson have an exchange of fisticuffs in a way. Loved. Um, that scene which is that's you get to see bill burr go like extra which is the thing one of the things that bill burr is most well known for but (laughs) is being angry (laughs) yes but he's able i mean he does showcase in this movie that he does have like a very soft and mellow side to him well the the thing that
0: works the best about that scene
1: in particular is that this movie the tone
0: shifting doesn't really work a lot, it definitely times, not. Cuz it's trying to be really sincere but it's also trying to be super wacky and when it overlaps it usually doesn't work, but that scene it does fucking work and it is so effective.
2: Yeah, I agree. They they need they needed something like that to get the movie going where they wanted it and it feels natural and it's exciting. We yeah, to, I don't want to get into spoilers because No,
0: it's but it's it's both sincere and wacky because right. you they're having a fucking real ass argument and it's it has its heaviness that the story needs, but we're also like laughing our ass. I, I like that. that
2: um you're you're prepped for that because of how fighting is incorporated into the story prior to that in a in a comical yeah. way, but then there's a it which balances out the heavy handedness of what's actually going on.
1: That's why that worked for me. Um also, Marissa Tomei is in this movie. Who is great, yes. Um, just a friendly reminder to everybody that Marissa Tomei is 55, and mm-hmm. she's still one of the most beautiful uh, creatures on this planet, and I would die for Marissa Tomei. And also, she is an unbelievable actor. Like I think that Marissa Tomei will forever be underrated as an actress. I feel like she will never really get her do I- no she would have had a better career if she'd come along now right exactly like i think that she she was a too early yeah. person in this movie i think there were a few moments where it felt
0: like she was not as comfortable with improvising because that then as the other actors
1: were because she is not a comedian and not an improviser well uh- she's better in the scenes with bill burr because her she, bill burr can do like in that dinner scene and stuff mm. like that because bill burr can do a lot of the heavy setting up and stuff like that and then she can just come in with like a, a jab yeah
0: or two. and that's and that is the thing that often happens in judd movies is you know actors will spend their entire life training like meisner technique or whatever method that they learn and then judd's like yeah just kind of wing it and they're like huh <laughs> what and, and we're they just were just turn the camera on yeah see what happens. so there yeah there were a couple moments that were a bit uh iffy there but she yeah she's an incredible actress Steve Buscemi. He, he, was, he was the highlight of the movie for me. Yeah, he doesn't have that much to do, but he has at least one scene. The dinner. That, one, that one scene was like my favorite scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he acted is, the fuck out of that. He's amazing. He's also an American treasure. Yeah, which is good because before that, uh, he had all of his appearances had been in really corny scenes that were not so good yeah. like all the you know the scene where like no the kid can stay
2: I, Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the vibe that I got was like he's not being asked or wanting to improvise
1: because there's no way that
2: his monologue was
1: improvised that's what no I was gonna way, say yeah. was I feel like Judd was just like hey Steve we're just gonna turn on the camera and you just do your thing and Steve was like no <laughs>
2: <laughs> Steve is
1: like no I've been acting for 40 years I won't do that <laughs> um
0: so let let me see if we can talk about any other um, non-spoilery things.
2: Um, it, I mean, the plot itself, like we said, is not I, I, the best, but... I did want to bring up, like, before we got into spoilers, we should talk about, like, Pete and his performance and kind of yes. how he's perceived. Yeah, so he, what,
0: Yeah, Pete in general is a big topic, right? Yeah. What did you
2: think? So my, my thoughts on Pete are, like, I saw that other movie he did, and he's... I think what he does really well, and you'll know if you watch him on like SNL, is that he can pull out those genuine reactions. Mm-hmm. A lot of that is due to the improvisation. So that gives a lot of authenticity to the character. But other than that, like you can kind of feel him reading the lines a little bit. Is mm-hmm. he coming into his own? Maybe it's kind of like. In Adam Sandler y kind of thing, when you're watching an Adam Sandler movie, and I I know there's been conclusion, uh, observations drawn like that between him and Adam on like SNL.
0: Their roles are, yeah, very similar, like what they do for the show. Uh, he, I don't, he will not have the career of Adam Sandler, I'll tell you now, because Adam's thing is he secretly works his fucking ass off, and Pete does not, and I don't think he quite will. Uh, I, I kind of like Pete despite myself, like he is, he does have natural charisma the i think the issue with him is the same is true of a lot of like younger you know budding stars in the right light he looks like a megastar and then in other shots you're like get this guy off of my screen Mm -hmm. and the aesthetically that actually kind of matters more than anything else uh comedically you're i think you're dead on bread he has chops for reaction shots he is naturally funny he has physical comedy there are a lot of like when he's like he's doing the boxing scene, uh, the way he is like wringing his arms around. That's just physical humor. And he's doing a really solid job. So he's a natural at a lot of things. And the things that he's not a natural at, I, you know, he would need to work hard to improve. And I don't know if he's going to. I'm not because of who he is. I'm not sold on him. Even after watching this movie, I, I, I don't know. He is kind of like. he's a caricature like he is this larger than life ridiculous person and in this movie he's asked to do a lot of serious acting that i frankly don't know
2: he's 100 percent capable but but serious acting framed by like judd apatow right yeah
0: but there's a lot of silliness too where it doesn't always fit because the movie's trying to be serious so I just don't have a clear idea of him on SNL. He does a lot of things that is this caricature in a serious situation and it really works for SNL. So there's like a little voice in my brain in certain moments in this movie telling me that it's like an SNL sketch because it's like that same sort of setup of a crazy, ridiculous character in a super serious situation. Um, so I don't know. I think he's good but
1: I'm not 100% sold. I don't I don't know if anyone is. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing is that like he does have that affectation to him where you believe in him even if he's given you no reason to yet. At least no reason as to like trust him in what he's going to be. I've seen his stand up before. I talked about it on the podcast. It wasn't a great stand up hour he's not really on SNL that much. Some of his acting is kind of hit or miss. Uh, like we kind of allude to already, we can get more into specific moments and spoilers, but there is something about him. And maybe it is just the fact that he's already like almost a household name, despite not really doing much. Part of that is Ariana him Grande. being on SNL. A lot of that <laughs> is due to him being Ariana Grande. Which is very unfair to him that he's kind of had this pressure on him. And I think that maybe it is part of his aesthetic that he's like a like a sickly dog that you just want to take into your arms and just like i believe in this yeah. I when believe he has I can ultimate get underdog yeah. he
0: does have the natural thing you look at him and you're like i want to like you like yeah. like like do something that is going to make me like you because i'm already halfway there bro just like just you know meet me please and then sometimes he doesn't
2: <laughs> yeah you're like i, I don't want to see him get punched in the face <laughs>
0: yeah exactly you want it's i mean it's the sandler thing you you look at sandler like young sandler and you're like I got I to gotta see what this guy's going to do. Sandler's
2: <laughs> like, I'm going to punch you in the face. Hey, watch well, out. No, cool. <laughs> but,
0: but Sandler doesn't look like he's been smoking two blunts a day for 14 years. Well, yeah, that's the difference. Um, but that also yep. makes Davidson more of a appropriate avatar for current times yeah. for in the, which everyone is the, smoking two blunts a day yeah. Sandler's, and it's, having a bunch
2: of tats. It's, it's, appro- it's approached in the opposite way with Sandler. He's like extremely manic, like freaking out. You know, it's, and then this it's guy's like mellow, opposite.
0: mellow beyond belief. Yeah, exactly. And it's also not fair to compare this man to Adam Sandler because Adam Sandler is a unicorn who our generation doesn't fully understand what he was when he burst onto the scene. He was one in a billion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we like it, Pete Davidson his life is not going to go that way. That doesn't
2: just happen. Uh, I I could see a sickly Pete Davidson thriving in the world of (laughs) COVID-19.
0: Yeah, I'm sure he is. I'm sure he's doing great right now. He's probably getting major poontang (laughs) at the very least. Oh,
1: God. Pete, please stay safe. Yeah.
0: Penetration only. If anything makes you valuable. (laughs)
1: No kissing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's what the CDC says. Penetration only. So before we move into spoilers we got to mention some of the other cast i think yeah, yeah there Hunter. there were two right. two big right. ones i wanted to shout out cuz jimmy I- tatro Pamela Adlon, yeah, Adlon's in there. She doesn't do a ton, unfortunately. Bell yeah, I haven't seen in like she she's she's been in stuff. Yeah, what what was she? She has a lot of credits as of recent. Uh, nothing like massive, but she's been in a lot of. She's she's been been awesome. She's been working a lot. She was in the morning show, that Apple show with Jennifer Aniston. I think she in every episode. She was one of the best parts of this. She was very, very, very good, and her role, you know. It was a little bit better than like Apatow's early female roles that he would write that were just dog shit.
2: Still not the greatest, Um, but she did an awesome job. This movie is sorry. sorry to backtrack, but the movie is reliant on all. I mean, Pete's on the screen, the entire movie, and it's reliant on having another really good actor on the screen with him Mm -hmm. during each of those scenes. And he really does. Um, she's in in the scenes with him. You have uh, Moises. What's his face in in those scenes, <laughs> like with his friends? Oh yeah, baby! And I think that helps it work.
0: The other person I thought was awesome was Ricky Velez. V- Ricky Velez, who's the other uh, crony member, like the yeah. ma- the the main oh. dealer. I I have never lot ever of great laughs. Never seen that guy. Hey, guess he, what? Neither has anyone else. He, He's I mean, like
1: he not was, been in shit. Ever. He was in uh, Crashing and in Master of None, but just kind of as like well based small on is roles. he
0: is he maybe a stand-up he no i guarantee you he is because his main thing he was on was nightly show with larry wilmore and he was a panelist which is a code for the fact that he was like a writer slash you know he would mm-hmm. appear and just be funny yeah. uh this guy Slade, i thought in a you know i think about this a lot with movies if if they know that you're funny or if they find out on set that you're funny uh, they will carve out space for you to be funny, and well, they're especially, especially in an apatow movie. Yeah, exactly. That and that room was already there. Yeah, and there are more than a few like you know longer takes on this guy where they're like, you know what? Here's the lane, like go for it. And he's delivering. Like I was, I was very impressed because I've never heard of the fella. Um, he didn't like pull any dramatic weight or anything, but that's fine. Um, let's see who else can we shout out? The little boy, Luke David <laughs> Blum, the Herald's yes yeah i honestly yeah i thought he was like a good actor too yeah he was good um i think also worth shouting out is um god what's this guy's name let me oh oh also her, uh his daughter judd's daughter M- Maud. yeah, yeah plays Maud, Maud she's, she's fantastic she is actually very good um because she she does have like the vibe of like someone's actual sister like okay, it, it didn't it, it didn't seem like an actress playing someone Kevin Corrigan oh well yeah from pineapple mm-hmm. Express he was in the departed I think he's also he's, he's in, in like Goody. he's, in he's in, like good yeah, uh, professor, Professorson. he's exactly. been a dramatic actor since like the 90s yeah. he's yeah. been in the big big shit so there's a, there's some more but I think that they would be spoilers to shut out because they're like little cameos um so we can save those so any non-spoilery thoughts
1: before we jump in well i have a little surprise segment for you guys before right. we go into spoilers um we talked a lot about bill burr just overall outside of just being a really good actor in this movie being a funny comedian I trying to to peek over over notes. notes. <laughs> i think bill burr is just overall just a really cool guy and it got me thinking, is Bilber a top five Massachusetts based actor oh, that Jesus. I want to have a beer March. with? This sucks. Here's the list. Here's the list. You might wonder, is, is he top five? For? <laughs> Am
2: I the only one that pays a subscription for this? Here's one? I, know. I
1: made a top ten of mass Massachusetts okay, actors. First of all, this here. is here, a yep. moot
0: point because he's on he makes the top five. So the answer is yes, we can move on.
1: <laughs> number one, number one, Kurt Russell. No. Without a doubt. No. Kurt, dude, Kurt Russell is my what? guy to have a beer what, with. Yeah, Kurt Russell. I want to trade like war stories with that dude. That sounds incredible. War stories? <laughs> I just want to get like three beers deep with him and just like hear about some Jesus. of his best experiences. Does Kurt <laughs> Russell even drinking. Without a doubt. Isn't he like 70? Ex- even better. Number 2, Steve Carell. Very funny guy. Seems like a very upbeat guy just to have a drink with. I'd imagine he's actually very thoughtful in real life. Yeah, exactly. I just want to like pick his brain. Number three, similarly, Amy Poehler. Mm. Another Boston... So uh, this is sort of
0: writer. This is instead of a segment. This is more of just kind of you telling us things that you think.
1: <laughs> number four might surprise you guys. Number four, Uma Thurman. <laughs> Dude, Uma Thurman. <laughs> I want to like get like four beers deep and just hear like what kind of weird shit. Think, like what think, is Quentin? Yeah, into? that's you not think the, think the only Uma happened. Thurman wants to
2: talk about Kill Bill with you. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably the last.
1: Shut thing. up, Brett.
2: <laughs> that's <laughs> that's, that's not were. the
0: only
1: four as deep that number wants five
0: to get into Uma Thurman. <laughs>
1: Why can't I just ever What's number this is five. like my podcast, dude? Number five, Michael is Rappaport. no, this is just actors. Uh, well, I guess Michael Rappaport is an actor. I didn't Michael Rappaport did not series. make the top, he might top. even be I'm from sorry. New York. I don't give a um, far. there's like 80 people on this. no. List. Number six, number six, John Benjamin. Cool, low key, just want to hang cool. out with John you Benjamin.
0: H, H, John mm-hmm. Benjamin. Uh, is there's a different my guy? name is John Benjamin. He's a guy a who. I would imagine he's so rich and his job is such coasting now. I bet he like has an opioid
1: problem. <laughs> well, uh, fine. Then I'll like do some fucking yeah. dope with John do Benjamin. Uh, John Benjamin. I mean, most people just know him now as the guy from Bob's burgers, which I will say Bob's burgers is a show that we would never, that we never talk about on this podcast, but it's just like a consistently pretty good show. That's on network television. Solid show. Um, and also, he's just a very, very funny guy who will never get his due. Number seven is Matt Damon. Really that, that's good. That's so low. Really good, just natural sense of humor. That's super low, man. He's in my I, top five. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm going to surprise you guys. Number eight, John Krasinski. Would have been higher five years ago, but I think that he's a little bit full of himself now yeah he's post, now uh,
0: good news network or she Post
1: all of that shit he's, he's now made a thing. quiet place he's a successful filmmaker he's like well into his marriage with emily blunt i don't he's think still a cool guy i don't think that krasinski has a thought in his head that's not about his career well that's the thing Which is is true of five most years of these ago people, he yeah. would have been higher you would you would have
0: asked him. so john how's it like fucking um your wife <laughs> And he'd be like, "Yeah, I've actually never had sex Um, (laughs) with anyone." He'd be like, "Well, it's actually really good for my career."
1: Um, (laughs) Number nine, Chris Evans. Also, you might say low, but I Chris Evans would be like a guy who I just want to get drunk with, learn some more about the Marvel universe, about Feige and everything, and then just also talk about the socks. He's like off Um, my list. Number ten. This one might surprise you guys. James Spader. (laughs) Spader, Mm. you hear that? You hear that, and at first you're like, "Ew, no, what?" (laughs) And who's on the But just get him drunk and just I wanna know more about like his method and everything. He seems like deeply a fun guy. Some notable (laughs) omissions for you guys. Notable (laughs) omissions. (laughs) I'll go on the wall. I'll rapid fire through these. These You might be noticing by the way. (laughs) No Mark Wahlberg. He's a hate crime guy. No Ben Affleck. (laughs) Yeah. You for don't want to no- talk to him about his for notable reasons. Over a ben that Affleck be did not make the list because one, I don't know what Ben Affleck's state is. Two, he is in a state of recovery, and I don't want to send him on a downward spiral. That's so um, nice. You're, Casey you Affleck can have an O'Douls. Don't even need to acknowledge Casey She's Affleck. You Yeah, He's Casey Affleck is irrelevant. Um, Elizabeth Banks didn't yeah. make the list. uh Rachel Dratch Oh, she'd be on my list. I I think Rachel Dratch is. I'd, I'd put, put her really, above really polar. Good. I'm not even joking. Really great person. Uh, Rob Corddry. Oh, yeah, oh, he, he loved that. Be, yeah, that's a big one. The fucking man. I, I don't yep. know why I did, the more and more I had him on my list originally. I don't know why I took him off. Dennis Leary. <laughs> no, no, he's off. Michael Chiklis. No, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Eli Roth. He'd be on Ernest's list. I know for am sure. <laughs> <laughs> BJ Novak, Mindy Colling, uh, Eric Bogosian, mm. Frank Vincent my number one is sean clemens uh eric Pur sullivan also known hey. as dewey for malcolm in the middle here's here's a couple other th- people who have been on the list for a while <laughs> Holy ago shit. louis ck oh no. he's off he's the he's list now dane cook dane cook <laughs> not on the list anymore and he was he would, have been. he would have been number one like when if come back to me whenever i was like 13 i was like yeah I yeah what's, what's that special D-Cunk. middle
2: fingers middle finger circle where he stands in the middle of the audience <laughs>
0: dangerous circle dangerous i don't know middle Heartful finger circle. swallowed middle pen, finger circle. pen and teller
2: Mm. Penn and tellin.
1: well this is just a, this is in 2020 right now because there's some great classical actors like, that i could have drawn from but i'm talking about like right van, now van hanses how are you guys <laughs> not on kurt russell kurt russell would be such a why cool guy just to one? hang out
0: with i don't think so why actually
1: no you're kurt right russell is dope as shit i like, know but what's... number one kurt russell would be incredible and i feel like some people i'd be with like I want to have a person who has a good sense of comedic humor, but I want—I don't want them to just be doing like bits the entire time. <laughs> I want to be able, to like, just like that's chill where we—that's
0: where we differ in opinion.
1: I mean, I want to be able to do bits with them, <laughs> Corell and Polar. I feel like I could—I could get down their bits. Nobody's gonna Benjamin, be doing I bits with you. Beer <laughs> with them. <laughs> I—we're do, doing bits together right now, and we're having beers. Corell. So you tell me what's the difference? Corell
0: would be so serious. He would not want to do bits.
1: Well, that's the thing with Corel is that I want to get him like six beers deep and be like, yo, so what the fuck happened with Marwin? i think oh, wow. i think if you That's had six why beers though
0: all two. you would do is um quote the office yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: and then he would shoot himself in the no fucking i head. wouldn't because in the, I watched situation, the Office. situation he's forced to be sitting here with look you. guys i got off the bender i'm not watching the office anymore every day so <laughs> maybe i got off. i guess that, this that in course. this scenario he like hunter won like one of those
0: charity auctions on omaze.com or whatever <laughs> you know and it's like oh get you know hang out with steve carell for a day or it's like make a wish foundation oh. it's yeah. like hunters <laughs> Our podcast is dying, Steve Steve. So,
1: therefore, I need to hang out with 10 massholes. Notably, I did actors, so I mean, that does exclude all athletes and everything, right? Of course, I will say Tom Brady would not be my number one. Oh, right? He's, Tampa, he's a
0: Floridian. I couldn't imagine someone I would Bill less Belichick want to be a have cool guy.
1: He, a Bill Belichick, could with. make my top 10. I just want to like talk about O line play with him. Yeah, you'd have to go deep into
0: strategy. Yeah, Yo, here's another it. one about the, special teamers, the Pink Ranger from Power Rangers cutie i mean amy, amy joe johnston i feel like i'm almost like shocked that there aren't m- like higher profile people from fucking massachusetts this well, is kind of like not the best list
1: I, no i mean there's more li- i just made just like a few people on there that i just threw on there that i thought would be hey, fun to hang out with the guy from the sonic commercials <laughs> oh no i'm not joking Yo, that guy's that on guy my is list hilarious. no he he's Jagadowski. actually
0: one of the pioneering and greatest improvisers the to ever anyone the blonde guy. Okay. Yeah. The he, guy in the passenger. He is okay, a legendary okay. Chicago improv guy who does like long form hour long shows. He was from Boston. I knew he's he like he was, a mega. Because he's
1: known he, they're based out of Chicago. Ew, Jay Leno. So. Jay Leno <laughs> L-
0: You think <laughs> it, Uh you heard of it? <laughs>
1: you think that <it? laughs> All right, we gotta we gotta
0: get back to Jesus. uh the movie. So let's get into spoilers. Or is this spoilers? Who even knows? We'll put the bumper right here. I don't think it matters.
1: You guys just ruin all my bits. I try and just come in with a creative, fun idea. We'll Gina see. Davis, not on your hey, list. Hey, the Bill.
2: Oh, Cos- I meant to put her on my Bill cosby <laughs>
1: number. Number one, Bill Cosby to have a drink with. <laughs> number two, Louis C.K. Number three, Casey Affleck. Number four, Donny
2: Wahlberg. <laughs>
0: hey, well, welcome, <laughs> to watch, welcome
2: to WatchMojo.com. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she's explaining
0: this that her the video just like hunter has been explaining this yeah so the scenario for this video is like i get to just like chill with them and
2: (laughs) there's there's a guy on youtube that makes fake watch mojas that are like top 10 reasons nickelback is awesome like why metallica sucks it's really funny that's quality dude nice
1: i'm coming coming in with one of these surprise segments every single day Next time, next time do. is gonna be uh top ten. <laughs> It'll be completely unrelated to what we're talking about. It'll be like top ten uh Massachusetts colors. <laughs> These Wait, are just so was thoughts. so was <laughs> Bill Bird
0: number <laughs> <colors>. one. <laughs> <laughs> was Bill Bird number one? Number one yet again. White. You <laughs> didn't, didn't
2: even say Bill Burr. Bill Bird wasn't <laughs> even. No, on Bill Burr was in mentions. my top five. No,
0: Bill Bird was number five. Oh. Which number was he? He number was number one? five. He was number oh, okay. five. So Bill Burr would be the greatest to hang
1: out with. Ahead him. of Bill Burr was only these four people. Yeah, Holy reiterated again. Shit. <laughs> Kurt Russell,
2: Ernest is gonna fucking
1: kill you. Steve Carell, Amy Poehler, and Uma Thurman. Uh, Uma, okay,
0: <laughs> that is so deranged,
1: dude. Uma Thurman is dope. How dare you say anything about a national treasure like Is it because of the follow-up Boy song? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck right I think I off. I
2: figured it okay. out
1: i want to ask well i just want to get her drunk enough to know like yeah so did quentin do any weird feet shit of while course he you, did or?
0: she doesn't want to talk about it well
1: <laughs> yeah get drunk and talk
0: about her trauma <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> well here's the so here's the scenario i am her shrink mm. um, by the oh speaking you know of which, your therapist get you drunken
0: and- jeez. uh speaking of which uh speaking of trauma we do need to give a lot of credit to marissa tomei for uh doing a pretty good job at pretending that Bill Burr is attractive in any way cuz he's one of the ugliest men on the planet. He looks especially bad in this movie. He
1: looks awful. He looks so goddamn pasty. It's dear god. It, yeah,
0: it's really interesting how he looks in this movie. I, I can't I, I could not stop looking at his uh fucking hideous face i know you definitely saw it but did you guys see the mandalorian on disney plus yes, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> shut up ernie was pointing at me when he said it. He d- i definitely saw it fuck you <laughs> you could have kept that a mystery for the listeners <laughs> <laughs> um he looks phenomenal in that show
2: he did he looked I, badass I, I didn't particularly like that episode yeah not the
0: best episode but he looks great he doesn't look like pasty in this movie he's he looks so like white. porcelain yeah. he
1: somehow looks like more sickly than Pete Davidson <laughs> in some scenes <laughs> well, he he, he, acknowledges, you know, he really
2: does <laughs> he acknowledges his pastiness
0: yeah cuz yeah. it's yeah you can't not you know he also and so in this movie he's essentially uh playing the colin quinn role in train even though it's like very different characters it's you know it's giving an older not older but like yeah like 50 something stand-up like a, a decently meaty role in like a feature film that a lot of people will see bill burr career-wise uh has done a lot better than colin quinn but they're both legends in like club stand-up scenes uh and uh I respect the shit out of Bill. I I really do. I, I think, think he nailed he, this. He's what makes this movie watchable because mm. I, I think that so much of this movie doesn't work, but because of him, I would say that I would recommend it to people. Like he's what br- like kind of brings a lot of the connective tissue together. I don't think Pete is that connective tissue. I think, I think Pete works less than he doesn't. And for the most part, Bill is what really comes through is like, what makes me enjoy the movie?
1: Do you think there's any chance for bill burr to get any kind of awards love here i don't know no, i don't think the
0: movie's that good no i don't, I,
1: I don't think that's good enough to get there but i do think that bill burr is at least deserving of a supporting no, actor nominations not it's not like, like
0: the movie's not i'm not good.
1: saying i'm not saying that the movie is believe me i think this movie is uh pretty mediocre honestly i'm not i was not super high on it i think there's some good points i think there's some really bad points uh, but I think that Bill bird does give a really, really great performance. I think
0: the parts of the movie that really work are when they're putting this family portrait, this very flawed, stitched together family, and when the movie manages to show you like these people are a family, even though they're all kind of fucked up a little bit. Yeah, I think that's when it's the best. I
2: think you're really hitting it with that one, and. I want to bring up more about that in the spoilers because we're I think in spoilers to something. We're in spoilers. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ, do it, do it now. Number six. <laughs> <laughs> so you, yeah, you brought up this family portrait thing, and literally at the end of the movie, all of the characters who are kind of doing their own thing. Then you have uh, uh, Pete and Ted or. You know, they they come together at the firehouse. And then eventually when Marissa Tomei comes back in, it's because she sees the tattooed portrait of the family on Mm -hmm. his back. Yes. So I think you're really like that. That's really the core of the movie. I think that's what Judd was trying to get to. Yeah. But
0: even the tattoo itself, it's just like really bizarre situation uh... there. So. um that i couldn't have been more confused by what they were because i i get exactly <laughs> what they I were pretend trying to it's do deep no oh no it was i loved that once it was revealed the top part of the, the notion, tattoo. the notion of it works it's lovely but and the also actual image of well, the tattoo well also i love the the idea that like she was touched because she could see that uh bill burr truly just let pete do some dog shit on his back <laughs> yeah like that makes sense first yeah. of all those tattoos were digitally overlaid on his back and it looked really bad like it was very clearly fake you couldn't just put i guess like they just figured like it, it would cost more to get the art direction out here for this as opposed to like doing it in post or whatever but it was very clearly an overlay except for maybe the top tattoo uh but also the fact that there is this like upswelling of very like heart wrenching music as we're panning across yeah. the ugliest like, shit you've ever shit. seen in your life. Yeah. And just
1: like it's nonsense. None of it makes any sense together. Like it there's just like it's, a star of David. Oh, that's the thing is that it's like played f- so many things in this movie and a lot of Apatow movies are you don't know whether you are supposed to be laughing or whether you're supposed to be moved by this moment that you're in. And that was like the ultimate moment where you're sp- like, you see it and you're like, that's hideous. There's like like a right, there's a right way to do that. I think he's done that
2: properly in the past. Yeah,
0: he definitely has. He's pulled it off. It didn't work insanely well here. Um, Yeah. And I, I get the sentiment of a, what I said before, but then also B how Pete did everything that he said he didn't want, which I thought was like a fun I don't know. It was a fun thing for their dynamic because you somehow just know that Bill's going to be okay with it. Uh, But yeah, there, there are several moments in this movie that uh, do not pay off sentimentally the way that they were intended to. In particular, we were talking about earlier, the scene in which uh, Pete is now like living and working at the firehouse. And it's, and it's the montage scene when like, he's really starting to get along with the guys there. That was rough. Really, really, really poorly done. Yeah. Um, partially because the soundtrack choice this was uh r- it was like stock it was almost like royalty sounded, free it sounded like royalty free like music. It, like f- no it was like fake indie like uplifting music it was just like Well, yeah. that yeah when when it's the montage yeah i'm thinking more about the scene with the fire when yeah. Bilbo no. go- goes into the fire which no, is again royalty
2: free that, that wasn't too bad yeah drew brought up the music part I had a huge problem with this montage thing and the firefighters Mm -hmm. like pour water on big what, and then they did it again, and then they (laughs) do it
0: again. Why did they
2: do it twice? That's
0: really weird. The movie, the movie's already long enough. Like that to me, you could take out. Like you could take out that whole firehouse segment of the movie and save yourself close to an hour. Marissa Tomei didn't give a fuck that he spent three days (laughs) in a firehouse. Right, but But you you could sell the idea of p reconnecting with the memory of his father in such a shorter yeah amount. right you that's could fair. have done
1: that in one seven scene. minutes yeah. i'm talking about like a, you have a setup scene you and have you have a scene Buscemi. where he's there well like you have just seven minutes right there instead of a half hour of the movie and that's ridiculous. so many that's that's just one of the many things about this movie where it's just like it's Unnecessarily long because we got like a chuckle here and there in some of those scenes, but it was unnecessary for it to last that long. It was
0: more like I didn't have a problem with it being in the movie. The problem is you could tell that. Like, there were a lot of things that were cut out of the movie. For example, uh, the idea that uh, Bill Burr was in the same fucking unit as Pete's dad when he died never addressed. He lies to Marissa Tomei about it in the beginning. Uh, And then he's like in the room and he never has the discussion with Pete. He like Buscemi is telling all the stories about his father and uh, Bill Burr never weighs in really straight. Like there's definitely a scene missing there. And also like with a lot of Apatow movies, a lot of moments that could have real acting in them. A lot of moments that need a second to breathe are cut. And it's clearly because the shit is so goddamn long. Yeah. And it really, it takes away from all of these movies. But in this one, for example, the scene where Pete is at home and he uh, hits all the shit with a baseball bat, there is no lead up to that. It cuts to him with a baseball bat hitting his shit. Uh, And then there's no consequences. Yeah, the way to make that moment hit is to see him acting like internally, like I need to lash out. I need to do something. I'm feeling pain and then watch him do that. Otherwise, it's just it just doesn't fucking hit with the audience. I think I think there's a couple of things happening with that because there's so many moments like that throughout the movie. I think one, the tone, the overall tone of the movie is not realistic. And it, it that approach seeps into all the aspects of the movie yeah. where it's trying to be it's not trying to be realistic. It's trying to be wacky and crazy. But then it's also trying to be sincere. And then the other thing is like the editing is rough like if i was a professional editor i would probably loathe this movie because there are so many moments for one you have that weird royalty free sounding music and and also you have these moments where there's things being lost in the way the the scenes are being cut together like there's certain moments where you're just like what's going on yeah, like what, what's yeah, where, happening where right am now? I right now? And then it just cuts to the next thing. And then, oh, all right, we're doing something else right now. OK, mm. I didn't even get a sense of what was happening in that scene. Like the the moment towards the end where uh, they're watching Game of Thrones and then the, the Game of Thrones sort of fades completely out of the sound mix and they start having a conversation. And it's like the weirdest fucking conversation about Bill Burr and like kind of about his penis and his dad's penis, like it's. I don't even know. It was so odd. And then it just cuts away from it and you're on to another scene.
1: Well, that's the thing about this movie is that we spend an overabundance amount of time. And you're right. It does all go back to the ending that we spend an overabundance amount of time in these comedic scenes that are way too long and that have too much air to breathe and then apatow doesn't give enough time to these dramatic moments where you can't try and say that this is a plot driven story if you're not giving the plot any moment right to breathe in these moments like acting isn't something that you just Uh, Like vomit expository and to move the story along like you have to allow it that time in these scenes in these interpersonal relationships and connections that we have with each other. And that's just something that's just missing from this movie.
2: I I think a lot of those problems stem from what I I, like on the flip side, what I thought was good. There was a scene early on with Marissa Tomei and her friend. Mm. I think it was at the party and they're having like this layered dialogue where they're kind of talking over each other, but you can tell what's going on. Like really great acting is happening and Pete is never going to make that happen on screen. So Mm, you never get that again because he's in every scene for the rest of the movie.
0: Yeah, Yeah. He also his, yeah, his character was never fully nailed down. Uh, which you know that is a part of his affliction that's, that's Pete. yeah he well, he is yeah he is like an unpredictable like it's a you know bipolar like borderline personality disorder situation so it makes sense at points but it, sometimes when he comes in explicitly just to fuck up a scene it it's very tiresome yeah like the dinner scene where they're talking about the possibility of getting married and that that's a very realistic conversation to have in a situation like that and you think it's going to go in a in a realistic way and then here comes pete davidson being like oh uh, gotta get the fuck out of here let's get the fuck out of here it just it just kind of it goes beyond the realm of being uh relatable and like his whole deal is like you know this natural charisma that makes you want to relate but this character is not behaving in any recognizable way it's not a human way most of the time
2: a lot of the payoff is relying on his dad being just like him about being super likable so then you kind of think about his dad is also like you're trying to balance his dad being this really likable charismatic guy that also does coke and is also pete davidson but as a hero (laughs) yeah they kind of i think they just kind of
0: made pete suck too much in this movie i think that they could have done a little more to make him like funny at least like he could have been funny to other people maybe like everyone's like all right i i listen that kid's a dick but you know he he's redeemable everyone keeps saying that but i'm not seeing much of that in his character exactly yeah because the movie doesn't make you feel that all the way there's certain moments where you're just like oh huh, they're like guy, god this fuck guy kind of yeah like get it together your sister wants you to be there for her your mom needs you to be there for her like do anything to show you're meeting them like a quarter of the way and i will like you you yeah. know just give me a little more
1: well i mean maybe that does go back to some things that were on the cutting room floor of this movie is that maybe there were some more of those moments to make Pete a little bit more of a rounded character. His name is Scott in the movie, right? The, yeah, the yeah. name of his father. Yeah, the name of after his dad, IRO. But I think that that was with a lot of the plot threads go for that. Like, for example, with the friends and everything, the friends that do get busted and do go to jail. I feel like we needed a moment like maybe a couple months later when they get out of jail or something because it's like yeah we're tight we spend a lot of time with these guys then they try to rob a pharmacy that goes wrong pete dev- doesn't get busted and then that's just kind of it for yeah them. no
2: consequence there's no yeah, there's I no consequence that. for pete yeah
1: like i just it kind of just made me wonder like okay so what why is that plot line even in this movie like that's another 10 minutes that we could have just trimmed up right that's there. what i would cut not like the firehouse needed to be better and like there could have been scenes cut
0: from that but that entire plot line to me it was doesn't kind go of nonsense anywhere. yeah it, it doesn't starts so strong though mm. i think the opening few minutes of the movie where you're just hanging out with them and they're sitting on the beach and they tattoo little harold i think all that stuff is great even them hanging out in the basement um it's when the plot kicks in and they become a device to sort of uh you know teach pete a lesson somehow i think that's when it starts to get a little clunky but when you're just hanging it works
2: for me they kind of felt like a device from the get-go because i could see that coming right that that's what they were going to be um i and i didn't like and it was rounded out horribly like there was maybe a right way to do that give him some consequences for being a part his friend got fucking shot during this failed robbery
0: the robbery itself was pretty great though I that think was that well was directed really, yeah, yeah the intensity ramps up i think really effectively
2: and it was funny not haha funny but like okay that's yeah which which is what this movie couldn't
0: figure out for the most part you have all these scenes of like intensity and drama where you're seeing pete like really fuck fuck up and then you have these really wacky, crazy, ridiculous comedic moments and there's not enough overlap that feels right.
2: Well, to to that, um, like of, of him like fucking up, there's some scenes with Marissa Tomei where she's like, oh, like giving a tattoo to a kid is like, I don't know if that's the worst thing that he did. Right. But he's not really doing that much other worse stuff. He's just trying to look like a fuck like up. smoking <laughs> weed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that bad. Like he just Nobody has gives a, a shit about yeah, that. He has
0: a bunch of tattoos um let's see i think the the only other thing i wanted to shout out is those couple cameos we have machine gun kelly as the
1: yeah machine gun kelly we have to talk about how action bronson saves their relationship (laughs) better action bronson is the kind of the hero of the story
0: better action bronson in this movie than
1: in the irishman
0: which he is great in the Irishman as the, uh, he's a good actor. The, um, the coffin seller. <laughs>
1: um, I, didn't, I didn't
0: see that. Great, great little scene. But in this one, he is like tearing it up in the emergency room in a, you know, for all the unrealistic stuff in this movie, the, uh, emergency room where a stabbed man, the uh, shot or stabbed man has to just sit there and bleed out and wait while paperwork gets filled out. Hey, guess what? Only in America, bitch. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Judd has his pulse on, or
1: his finger on the
2: pulse. He has his pulse on our fingers. Judd Apatow is alive.
0: Um, so. Yeah, movie was okay. There's- I think I had a good time mainly because we all saw it together. I I'm going to be honest, I would anyway. Uh these are the types of okay movies that I have time for. Uh Apatow style movies. Yeah. I hate okay movies when they are uh entirely plot heavy, like action movies that are okay, I cannot stand to watch gotcha. because uh a moment of cool action does not hit me in the same way that like a moment of like true funny does. And, and there are plenty of moments of true funny in even the worst Apatow movie. So I'd rather watch those than watch an okay movie. That's about like a court case. You know, what, what do you think was the funniest moment in this movie? <sighs> oh, I don't know. I, I couldn't even answer that. What, what do you guys think?
1: I The funniest moment to me was the idea of, uh, the almost, uh, Purposefully bad directed um, or badly choreographed fight between Pete Davidson. That was very funny. That guy was funny. Bill Burr. Oh no, not Burr. I was thinking of the boxing yeah. match. Uh, Well, that, that one. That, that guy one was, was very restaurant. funny. That one he was, was really also good. great. But also, I just like when he throws. I just him in started the pool. laughing at it because yeah. it just looked silly that Bill Burr is just like picking up Pete Davidson, just throwing him around. So I think I think the best.
0: Uh, dialogue scene is the Steve Buscemi monologue, but the best, like, overall scene is the fight mm-hmm. because of what I mentioned earlier. Because it feels like this moment of sincere drama where they're having this like climactic fight, um, but you're also like really entertained by it. It's funny, it's really, really funny. These two guys are really gelling uh, comedically. Even though it's this this dramatic fight, I think that scene really works. The problem, though, is that once that moment happens in any other movie, it would end 20 minutes after that scene. And in this movie, we have like over an hour
2: left in the yeah. movie past mm-hmm. that scene because we have all the fire firemen stuff. Exactly. After it. exactly.
0: It's yeah. The dramatic side is tricky. Um like you said earlier, Brett, a lot of a lot of Pete's reactions actually really got me like he had a lot of good like like two second takes, particularly when uh, Bill Burr won't stop making sports references. Bill Burr's <laughs> jokes.
2: He's reacting to. But in in my eyes, I'm watching Bill Burr make jokes. Yeah. He's so fucking good at that. Dude, and you have Pete Davidson laughing at. Bilber yeah.
0: Jokes. Well, before before that, when he's not when they're not getting along, when he just won't stop referencing sports things, telling him telling Pete to get yeah. his shit together. And the look in Pete's eyes is almost like 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 sadness. Like, why are you putting me through this? I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) There were a lot of those little moments. And then the side characters got me a lot, too. Moises did a great job. Um, So short. Ricky Velez, though, I thought was like a a standout side character. There's
2: something I can't get out of my head that I have to bring up. I have a huge problem with in this movie. So one thing I like about the movie is during Pete's arc to being like a good person, he's on these walks with these two kids who are both like good actors. And they're talking about superheroes. And that was really great. And then you cut to Bill Burr walking his son and they're talking about the superhero. And he's like, look what Pete drew for me. And it's drawn so well. So then you think after that, maybe the tattoo on the back of Bill Burr is going to be that's, like a well, half decent drawing. So
0: that's the thing. That, I think that is the answer to how, how to do this tattoo pan shot. The tattoos should be like really well done, but they should be all the trashy shit that Bill Burr doesn't like. That's the middle ground they should have reached because they're ugly. They're poorly done. And it, it does make sense because drawing is easier than doing tats. I guess like if you haven't but, if you haven't done tats but they're very closely they're really close-knit because you draw it out first and then oh yeah but it's you know it's it's a different process so I would imagine that like even a good artist it takes him like a shitload of time to be good at that but the setup was he's good now yeah. they set it up and that's why Bill Burr him Burr's like good okay, yeah you could give me a tattoo I saw what you did <laughs> yeah so it should have been it should have been like trashy and like Bill Burr would have been like ah you son of a bitch well it looks good that should have been the fucking end. The, like the choice to make them ugly was such a miss, in my opinion. So you go, you go from the beginning of the movie, this guy who's tattooing a little ten year old boy, to and, and Moses to the end of the <laughs> movie where he's tattooing the same kind of shittiness, but to his theoretical father figure. Yeah, the the, the art direction on of those tats was not great in
1: general. Yeah, I didn't really understand Pete's arc in this movie because it's like he doesn't really end in much of a better place than when he started was pete davidson ever gonna end like as, like, a, was yeah. he going to own it? Yeah. Was
2: he really going to own a restaurant? But at the they said, way.
1: no, not like he was going to own a tattoo restaurant because that's a stupid fucking idea, anyways. But to ha- have him have some kind of personal growth, and the most we get is that this guy who he did once hate dropped him off to see a girl who we've had two scenes with to get to know like that. I just, I. I, I didn't just, mind that actually I, well i didn't mind where it ended up if it didn't try to rely so heavily on conventional plot dynamics to get there i just i didn't love the journey to get to that destination right right the journey set it up like he was going to have some kind of a big breakthrough and I, he just did it
0: i was kind of okay with where he ended as a guy um because i think that kind of reflects if I were like, not that I am, I don't want to presume anything, but to me that reflects where Pete's at because he's still someone that like is very open about being extremely flawed and like constantly making very public mistakes. Uh, and I don't think that's going to change overnight. You know, I don't think there's like, I don't think there's any moment. That's, that's like a, a movie thing to me is like, you have a moment of like, I'm different now. Yeah. But then the movie loses its protagonist in a way where you have this kind of expansive cast and they outshine your main guy. Well, that's, yeah, that's a bigger problem. Yeah.
1: Well, and I think that I, like I said, like, I don't have a problem with an unconventional protagonist that doesn't just end up like the hero at the end of the day, but I don't like the idea of taking conventional plot dynamics to set him up as a hero for him not to be that like that. That's where I just, there is a disconnect in my mind where it's just, judd and pete don't quite know what to do with this like they had this idea for a collection of scenes and they're like we're gonna stitch this little plot together and it doesn't ever quite come together but it for would a satisfactory
0: be, conclusion it would be more disingenuous if they shoehorned in a more redemptive arc when it didn't need it necessarily like if you if you had the version of this movie where pete davidson ends up going to his sister's college and gets all his shit together and starts taking art classes like i don't know if I don't think that movie would even be better.
1: Like, well, I don't think that would have been better either. I think that better movie would just been more of a hangout movie. Give me, yes. a, give me stepbrothers, but with Pete Davidson. And oh, hundred percent. That's yeah. what, that's what I think is the better movie.
0: Yeah. You remove, you remove a lot of the, the bones of it and you're left with like Pete, uh, maybe getting into some criminal shit with his boys and dealing with Bill Burr as a uh, dating his mom on the side sort of deal, which then you lose the firehouse stuff. But in my opinion, that's a lot of the bones of the movie. That's what's giving it this like. Kind yeah, of this is weight. not this is not one of the best um Apatow movies. It's not. And yeah, Pete is not one of the best Apatow stars. Uh But like I said, this is the type of OK shit that I'll watch because comedy a lot of the time, especially in movies, which are – comedy movies are generally – that's like a really weak genre of film. Uh, it's it's moment to moment. You have to take it moment to moment. If the bigger picture comes together, then guess what? You just watched a great movie. But you have to be able to enjoy the things that are within it that are good. Right. And there are plenty of good yeah. in this. Because generally – uh, what are our other options as far as studio comedies so, go right now?
2: So yeah, that that dog gives, shit. That leads right into my point. So what do you say to the people who are asking themselves right now, should I watch this movie? It was what twenty dollars? It's not worth like twenty dollars. So we we've already been kind of in this space for a while where you could watch kind of whatever you want, maybe having to spend three dollars to rent it. So and now we're we're even more into that. You could watch whatever you want. So we're, are we going to, you know,
0: I will never tell anyone to spend twenty dollars on any movie, if I'm honest, it,
2: this is- that is too much money to watch almost
1: anything. That's- this is so
2: rough to me i don't i don't see this making how many people are gonna spend
1: so i I hard disagree with that because i mean think about if you have a family of four and you're going to go see like yeah in a theater but no if it's one person at home they're like hey should i spend 20 no i'll be like hey watch one of the best movies ever that's just on netflix sitting there but i mean i i would (laughs) like i would have been fine i i honestly i wouldn't have even been that upset i had some problems with it as we talked about in our review but i would have been okay spending 20 dollars on defy bloods I wouldn't have been I would not say I spent $20 on this. Movie. Well, it de- yeah,
0: if, depends who I'm talking. If I'm talking to someone who's like a movie person, then yeah. But uh, your average person doesn't want to spend 20 here's, bucks on any fucking movie. Here's what you
1: I do. spent $20 on the new Hunter 7 movie uh, right now. Hunter, you have spent $20 on a lot of Blu-rays. Uh, I've spent a lot more than that. Let yeah. me tell you, <laughs> my collection is well over 300, buddy. <laughs>
0: here's Jesus what you do. Christ. You get together with your friends. Um, you don't touch each other. Don't touch each other. Don't breathe on each other. Don't spit don't, in your general direction. Don't podcast together. Yeah, definitely don't podcast together. And split it 5 bucks each, maybe 2 bucks each if it's 10 of you, then
2: you're really risking it. <laughs> yeah, that's a big that's <laughs> a, we have
1: another problem if you're getting together with like 10 people. <laughs> um here's the thing just one of you guys just rent out your phone then get 50 of your closest friends to huddle around your phone while you play it yes live stream it on Instagram. i do have a question what is your guys's favorite judd apatow movie that he directed um, not produced but directed it's 40 year old virgin <laughs> probably 40 year old virgin yeah which is his first movie i really like knocked up i like knocked up too has not aged great
0: I enjoyed Trainwreck. I thought Trainwreck was better than this, probably. Oh, definitely. Maybe if I rewatched it, it it wouldn't. I don't know. I think think this and and Trainwreck are pretty even in my mind.
1: I I did not love Trainwreck. Dude,
0: Bill Hader Hader is amazing in Trainwreck. Come on, he is fucking amazing. But it's
1: it's so similar to all of our thoughts on King of Staten Island that I think that the first. 30 minutes 45 minutes of that movie are great and then plot happens and then judd apatow is like oh wait i have to make a rom-com i, also, I think it's it
0: definitely worse. better though it, it has it has stronger emotional ties throughout hey, and LeBron also on
1: james is great and well, sure
0: right. also uh, the i mean it's the rare apatow movie where uh it's written by someone from the female perspective so we actually get both sides because then you know apatow and like whoever's co-writing are gonna give hater more of the love interest like right. hater gets his own scenes uh our love interest in this movie does not get her own scene ever. And uh, it would have been cool. But when she does get time, I think she does a really, really good job because she is um, the closest thing we get to really embodying why this movie is even called King of Staten Island. I don't know if Pete really embodies the title of the movie. <laughs> I, there's nothing about him that really like makes <laughs> me buy it. Yeah. But, but when I see her um Ke- kelsey i really think like wow this is a real staten island person like the way she talks the way she dresses the way she moves um even there's li- even little bits of marissa tomei's performance like little uh moves that she makes with her face and sure, her head sure. that i felt like okay this is could be a real person from this real place but i didn't really get a sense that uh um the king of staten island was like a worthy title for this movie
1: well my favorite scene in the movie was whenever kelsey says to pete davidson who do you think yeah the king of staten island is something Mm. really i really love that. well i think that's all for this week folks
0: (laughs) you know i was really disappointed this wasn't a crossover with uh what we do in the shadows i was really hoping that the the Just vampires Staten Island
1: fam was going to come out.
0: Yeah, come on, where are they at? I guess this whole movie's set in the daytime. You
1: Except- thought? Did you think it was going to tie into um, uh what's the movie that we saw uh, a couple months ago with Hugh Jackman? That's also based on Staten Island. Oh, is it? Yes, it is. Yeah, bad education. Bad Great education. look for Staten Island this year. Man, Staten Island glowing. Actually, it might not be a, the best look for Staten Island. <laughs> Staten yeah. Island hasn't looked the best in
0: both. Of I'm these pretty movies. sure that's Long Island anyway.
1: Oh, is that Long Island? Yeah. Oh, Oh, fuck. The fucking island. Those New York Islands, I can never keep them straight. The big city, (laughs) New York pizza uh, i remember i grew up on staten island i had to take the ferry to get to work every day yeah, they,
0: they still do <laughs> they still take the ferry. in the pandemic that's like the only thing they could <laughs> there's probably a ferry stuck out there that's just all the way infected and they're like we don't want it nobody okay. wants it i remember
1: mark said that he could swim the bay he drowned Jeez. he couldn't make it
0: the bay the bay what bay <laughs> the, the hudson <laughs> okay (laughs) this is like alan schemper in a wet hot you know the bubonic plague that's like not a real no human has ever talked (laughs) so so this movie ends in manhattan so are we getting a king of manhattan
1: sequel boys (laughs) well i mean they could judd could just say to himself well we think if we would put this in the studio it could have made like two billion three billion dollars we'll never know so i guess we got to make a sequel to find here's, out
0: here's an interesting thought exercise um well first of all are we even going to see the receipts of how much this movie made probably no. not um, i'm gonna say no
1: but the but only thing the only studio has said anything was universal who said that trolls, trolls. made over a hundred million they did not specify how much it could have been a hundred point zero zero. And one dollar. So this
0: movie is there a chance that it made more money in this timeline, or it's going to make more money in this timeline than in the timeline where movie theaters didn't close? No.
1: no, Well, not even. What would have gone against it this week? Do we know what was scheduled to come out this? I I will say way to pull up like previous. So office Mojo, I uh, think this would have performed uh, less strongly than most Apatow movies,
0: because I think there is a generational thing where like uh, even even Schumer, like it just, you know, the the trailer for that just looks like, you know, a comedy that like stars adults and is about adults like this is a you know, this is a guy fucking covered in tats. He's clearly a kid. Uh, I don't know if like the older audience would show and Apatow is really good at getting like the swath of demos to show, but then really driving it home uh, for 18 to 35 males. So I think it would have done worse than the average one, but I still think it would have done infinitely better than it's going to So Candyman would have been out the week before. um, And Soul, the Disney Pixar joint would have been out at the same time as this.
1: So it was, I mean, That is one thing about Judd movies is that, I mean, even Trainwreck was a success. I think Trainwreck made like $160 million, if I remember correctly. It was a big hit because he is good at scheduling summer movies where it that his movie is the alternative where there's like a big Pixar movie or there's a big horror movie. And there's like, well, if you don't want to go see that, here's this fun studio comedy that's mass appeal. It's
2: not even that fun. Like train wreck was so much more fun and you could tell by like the trailers yeah. to me this was like pete davidson talking about his tattoo like you didn't really get an idea of like all these other not fun people. enough it could have been more fun i think could have been right. more fun, could, more no, fun. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> i really think it, it just it, they could have had more fun with this movie they decided to take the route of uh like you know i'm depressed mom dude you're pete I'm going to have nightmares. The scene where he's arguing with his sister and he's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to fucking hurt myself. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> of course, I'm going to fucking hurt myself. Weird, weird stuff. Um, it could have been a more fun movie. I think that's actually a ju- that's like the easiest critique of this movie. If they had had more fun, it would have been like on par with better Apatow's. Well, i think on that note we can wrap it up at least we got together at least we had some laughs at well, least we had some drinks and also i'm i'm dissecting but like i generally like didn't dislike watching this movie at all these movies to me are always like even though they're way too long they're always like breezy enough to watch like they're
2: good to just put on but if i was by myself it would have been a real hell and nellen yes you know exactly
0: that's yeah. the biggest thing is like i think i ultimately really enjoyed the movie despite its big flaws because we saw it together because we made a night out of it i don't like watching anything alone yeah i think if i would have watched this alone oh, i we why gotta I, talk after this that's why i don't
1: yeah. yeah so do i that's why i just watch all these oscar movies by myself in my room <laughs> i still don't believe that you're enjoying that what did you watch this week uh well let's see here i did watch rocky
0: I'm from is that
1: Staten Island. What? I'm also from Philly. But That's why your beat sounded like some Go so Eagles.
0: Um, um, I'm not gonna do it this week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna do mine.
1: Hey, hey uh, on the women. Hey, I watched, I watched the Deer Hunter. Uh, you want to hear my uh, John De Niro? Oh impression God, the deer Hunter is the best. John De Niro. Right?
0: John Deer. Hey, I'm John De Niro. You don't know me. Just a
1: guy. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I? I don't know. John. I'm Deere. a plumber. <laughs> you you, I do uh, Robert De Niro and Christopher Walken playing uh, Russian roulette with each other right now. Click. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Boom.
0: I feel like I'm spinning all over <laughs> you, Ernest.
2: They're doing Hunter's segment, that COVID baby. You sounded like Bilbur thinking Kermit the Frog was Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, cover the frog in Sesame street. Yeah. Smoke and enjoy I, it and I don't
2: remember that episode of a Street <laughs> <laughs> All of your celebrity impressions so best you alone right now. Don't you ever watch Rocky again?
0: Uh, is me, uh, Barney the Dinosaur. <laughs>
2: Bye. Hey,
0: no, 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 no. I'm trying We're to put us out of here. our misery. <laughs> Okay, I guess we are j- done here. What do you got pulled up there, Drew? Who is that? Who's that hunk? Huh? Huh? <laughs> he just had an IMDb. It's a guy who's in the movie Trainwreck. Oh, okay, okay. Couldn't tell you. Did uh, Amy Schumer have sex with him? He plays the role of One Night Stand Guy. <laughs> He's one of four guys who plays One Night Stand Guy. All, I remember that movie. John Cena looked so stiff. Like his muscles look so hard. That's I was how like, he looks. I was like, I would not enjoy having sex with that man. Mm. I need some like something to grab onto. It's like it can't be like steel, metal.
2: And what about Bill Burr? Bill Burr. Apparently
0: he has, apparently a, he has a yeah. Apparently
1: he has a <laughs> big, thick media I can't cock. Believe We almost
0: finished the episode without mentioning Bill
1: Burr's. Yeah, giant that was shlong. that was the best part about this movie. Which I feel like bill burr wrote in his contract he's like all right cool judd i'll be in your movie but you have to have a scene with two characters where they just like talk about how big my penis is and you have to have a separate scene where they talk about like how i'm so good in bed i don't know to me it almost
0: the joke is that to me i think bill clearly does not have a big penis in real life i don't think that you become that guy while having a giant dick do you I think-,
1: think that his penis is the size of his red caterpillar mustache on his
0: that'd be pretty sizable He's a big fucking mustache. (laughs) It's thick. All right. Well, well. I think we (laughs) can finally end it on Bill Burr's giant place to end. Big old dang along. So thank you, Brett.
2: (laughs) Thank you, Brett, for coming on the show. Just really quick, dang along. I want you all to remember that that's what that's the word that he just used. Dang along.
1: I was trying to say, gang-a-ling. coming to Girl Scout cookies this this spring. <laughs> <The> dang along. <Dang-a-long. laughs>
0: I was trying to say, dang a ling. <laughs> no, I know what you were trying to say. <laughs> dang along. No, exactly. <laughs> dang along. All right. Well, thanks for sticking around. Thanks for listening. Follow us at Mic on Twitter. Send us your money if you want. Thanks, Brett, for donating. We could not do this. We I, we wouldn't have this new studio if it wasn't for your.
2: Does that money go in your pocket? I, I didn't even
0: read the. TLC it goes or on anything. those these walls, baby. I haven't seen a fucking sure cent, Brett. It I haven't seen a goddamn cent. How of that do you shit? think we saw the movie tonight, huh? That's true.
2: I'll cash that be for that one.
0: No, you don't have to. Already I want. Did. I'm gonna start sending you invoices for my appearances on this <laughs> <Yeah>. pod. <laughs>
2: It's gonna be like um, like right, two dollars like seventy That's,
0: cents. Yeah, <laughs> an episode. Yeah, because we got We we have an overhead that we need to. You know these mics ain't cheap, baby, <laughs> baby,
1: baby, B. Hey, look at me! I'm Bill Burr. I got a microphone and shit. These
0: cords don't pay for themselves. Holy, there's ain't electricity go in here. <laughs> Jeez.
1: You guys spend another 45 minutes talking about Bill Burr's a closeted Red Sox fan in New York? Alright, we gotta go. Bye. fire. We gotta give up. Bye.